so everything was fine for me growing up until about my freshman year of high school where something kind of happened where I had this back pain start. And uh, it took a few months, but eventually I was diagnosed with rheumatoid juvenile arthritis. Um, that rocked my world, right? Because I had so much control over my perfect little world and something came in that was uncontrollable and it just rocked me and wrecked me. Welcome back to Beyond the Surface. My name is Ezra Gill, and here we aim to have God-centered, meaningful conversations relevant to students and young adults. Today, I'll be joined by a guest and friend of mine, Carter Heald. Carter and I had a great conversation all about worship in our everyday lives. If you enjoy our conversation, we'd love it if you followed us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or YouTube, and if you shared this episode with a friend or on your socials. Thanks for joining us, and we pray today's episode encourages you to live a life of true worship in everything you do. All right, Carter, welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you on. Ezra, thanks for having me, dude. I am, I'm so pumped to be here. I'm a little nervous. Never been on a podcast before. Don't even be nervous, man. You're going to do great. You are just an amazing friend of mine, and you're super creative, and I love just all the creativity within you and everything um, that you have taught me and shown me. Um, you've really brought out this a creative and artistic side of me, and I'm really grateful for our friendship, and I'm excited to share a little bit of that. But uh, why don't you just start off by sharing with us a little bit, who are you? What do you do? And uh, just anything cool happening in your life lately? Yeah, so I'm um, a worship arts director at Converge Community. That's my job. Um, we're a church plant out in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We've been going for a couple years. Recently, we just got a building, which has been super exciting, kind of gearing that up for worship services. And I graduated from Western Michigan University with a multimedia arts and music technology degree. I'm at seminary right now, which is great. So I'm at Western Theological Seminary out in Holland, really enjoying that and kind of excited to sort of see where that degree takes me in, in uh, pastoral training and, and that kind of stuff. What made you want to pursue a degree in seminary? I felt very uh, called during the summer to just leave my hands open and say like, God, where do you want me to go? I, I kind of had a big life decision that, I, that sort of rocked my world a a little bit. I'm so glad it happened because I, I left my hands open and God pointed me to the best things in my life, calling towards ministry, and which I'm, I'm so excited for, and uh, also my fiance. She's awesome, and I'm, I'm so pumped. To, the recording day today, it's 50 days out from our wedding. So wow. we are, we're super excited. That's so, so exciting. Yeah, tons of, tons of exciting stuff happening. Why don't you share a little bit um, about your walk with the Lord and when following Jesus became real to you? This is a question we ask most of our guests. When did following Jesus really um, become something that you wanted to dedicate your life towards? So I grew up Christian my whole life. I had a family that uh, went to church all the time. Um, and, I, and I honestly had a pretty good understanding of my faith. And it was I felt like it was my own, even as a kid. And uh, life was also just super easy. It can be be honest, like life was life was easy. I was go getter in school. Like I didn't have I was smart. I didn't have any problems with grades. Friends, you know, came easy and all that. So everything was fine for me growing up until about my freshman year of high school, where something kind of happened where I had this back pain start. It was it was just kind of random, came out of nowhere. We were just kind of stumped by like, oh, like what is this? And we tried to see if it was like I needed physical therapy and I hurt myself playing lacrosse or and physical therapy didn't help. Back pain kept getting worse and worse. And uh, it took a few months, but eventually I was diagnosed with rheumatoid juvenile arthritis. Um, that rocked my world, right? Because I had so much control over my perfect little world and something came in that was uncontrollable and it just rocked me and wrecked me. Um, so I, I struggled with a lot of doubts about like myself and about 
a little bit about God too. And it took a few months and, and uh, to kind of begin to trust like God, like you have a plan for this. You're going to, you're, you're going to be glorified through whatever this is. And, um, and even too, it took a few more months after that, maybe even years, God kind of helped deliver me from the mental weight that I was carrying with arthritis, the mental weight of carrying, like, I feel defeated. I feel, I feel weak. I feel like a, at the time I felt like a burden to my family just for medical bills and things like that. God's moved and healed me both physically. I feel a lot, so much better than I do now, but, um, especially, uh, just in that, like, anxiety, worry, fear, kind of mental weight I was carrying. So it's amazing. Uh, and I, I just can't thank God enough for how he's uh, moved. And I see even now to this day, all the ways that God's used that for his good, for my good and for his glory. And it's just, yeah, that was probably the time when my faith really became my own was was because of something unexpected in my life. Wow. And I think um, you bring up such a good point that sometimes uh, when circumstances arise, uh, it is the battle within and it's the battle within our own hearts and our emotions and doubts about ourselves and even doubts about God that is that takes the most toll rather than the situation itself and rather than the physical side. Of course, that comes with its own challenges, but sometimes it's it's our own belief and it's our own doubt that is the real battle. You have a, a story about trusting God and ultimately bringing it uh, to his glory. And ultimately, you, I've seen your life and I've seen uh, just what you do with your hands and just with your heart um, is that you worship. And that's kind of our primary conversation, our topic uh, for this episode, uh, we really want to dig into your mind, Carter, and just to see what do you know about worship and what can you teach us about the topic of worship. I have just seen you in so much worship. I have just seen you, whether you're on stage, whether you're off stage, whether you're behind a guitar or whether you're behind a soundboard, uh, you are always actively engaged in worship and in music and just giving God glory in the art, uh, just in any sort of um, sound and of music. Uh, you're always giving him glory. And I know that it comes from a place within. And I want to dig into this uh, deeper spot. And why don't you just start off and telling us, you know, why is it that we are called to worship? Why is it that we see it over and over in the Bible that, that God calls us to a life of worship? And why are we called to literally open our mouths and to sing out praises? You can go back to any part in the Bible. My favorite ones is uh, just the idea of Genesis. Very beginning, Adam and Eve walking in the garden with God. At the end of the day, like, our purpose is to glorify him, be in relationship with him and walk with him, talk with him, sing with him, just all these things, just spend time with God. And just the heart behind worship is that communion with God. Um, but I, I love the idea of like the Exodus story, right? At the very end, they crossed the Red Sea. The Israelites just couldn't help but, you know, bring out instruments and like sing and, you know, praise God. They had to, they just had to sing songs. And there's so many times in scripture we just see there's just nothing people like there's nothing to turn to besides music. I mean, there, David, you know, all the Psalms, so many Psalms of him being, you know, grief stricken or just nerd, like terrified of like, God, I need you. I need I, I don't know where where you are. Like, I need I need to find you, God. And it's it, there's so many parts where and even to uh, beginning of the gospel and, you know, Jesus is about to be born, like people break out in song and do. The, it's just amazing how it's just all over scripture where God's praises are being sung. That stands out to me as just something that should be so in, integral into it's like to our lives, right? We should always be in the, the hard times and the easy times and the, the joyful times and the, you know, just giving thanks to God and praising him for who he is. I don't know. I, we hear this all the time. Give thanks to the Lord. And I just think Thanksgiving is like the antidote for any sort of selfishness or any sort of doubt or just feelings of failure and of just feelings of anxiety is just giving thanks to the Lord. Like, where do we get started with that? If I'm having trouble, you know, just kind of entering into his presence and really 
breaking out in a true and authentic worship, what would you say, like, what helps you enter into the throne room and begin to worship him? This idea of bringing it back to the cross, bringing it back to Jesus at all times, like all the always in every sermon, every way. But it's made me think about my songwriting. It's made me think about worship too. And some of my relationship with God, just, Mm -hmm. you know, there's hard times in your life or there's something, there's something that is keeping you from feeling like you could enter into that throne room. Like you said, bring it back to Jesus, bring it back to the cross and think about like, how has Jesus conquered this thing that I'm struggling with right now, or this, this roadblock I'm experiencing, or how is Jesus covering over my, my weaknesses or my inabilities like my, my works can't do anything compared to what jesus did on the cross right, right. like and just be you know, just let that what jesus did and who he is just be how you enter the throne to be to lift praises to him and just be thankful for what he's done absolutely and i just love um that phrase you said you know just all our our works and you know everything that we failed at and everything we've succeeded at it, it still doesn't ever come close to the glory and the wonder uh, that is the cross and that is the power and majesty of god almighty you know we could never fail enough to disappoint him and we could never work enough to to please him you know he just he's just that glorious and that majestic yeah and entering into that place just with uh thanksgiving and just with just this fresh wonder i find that uh sometimes we just uh, get used to the presence of God. Maybe people who've just been going to church all their life and maybe people who are worship leaders and who are just playing music all the time and who are just always uh, surrounded by people um, who are worshiping and they just just sort of becomes mundane and they become used to it um, and they don't feel the way they used to. And I personally don't think that is a problem of being exposed to worship too much um, because I think the more we're exposed to worship, the more we should want to worship. Um, I do believe that is a... Um, that is an issue in the heart. Mm. Um, I believe that there's something going on uh, inside of our heart that's caused us to become a little cold and a little mundane and just used to it. I mean, I don't want to ever be used to God's presence and used to um, what he's done. I don't ever want the cross just to become just some other distant memory. You know, the cross was monumental to our faith and to my life and to your life. Um, How, Carter, do you keep worship fresh? How do you keep it unique and keep it new and not let it ever become something just uh ordinary and mundane bring it back to the gospels right where jesus is taking his disciples on a journey for for several years and they're they're learning and they're growing and they're being pushed and uh, i love the parts where uh, jesus sends them out and says like go like take nothing just go jesus is taking these people from one place and bringing them to another equipping them and training them in to grow and to ultimately worship him right and in the end and glorify him and I think for the experience in God is, you know, that's not just this emotional experience, this emotional high, right? There's no like Jesus high. It's like literally the presence of God. How we go about entering into that place and encountering him is going to be different every time because God is, he moves different in different places in different parts of the world. And um, I always push myself to put myself in different shoes on the, on like whether it's on the stage as a worship leader, like I want to play different, different instruments, but also like push other people on the stage to like to lead worship to pray to do these things if i'm in a tech booth like how can i bring others uh with me and encourage them and grow in different areas experience new things and i think it's amazing what you'll how your eyes will kind of be opened as you worship god in different places and um one thing i'm super excited about for leading the worship ministry is i'm really we're we're very much against a green room we really want to have the worship team out and 
being almost greeters to the church. And I'm, I'm super excited to lean into that. This next season is kind of who on the worship team is ready to go be at the front door greeting people before the service and, and how we can glorify God and prepare other people to also encounter him in that space too. So and I think you bring up a good point about um, like spiritual highs and just like just getting goosebumps in that one song. Or if you're some producer or worship leader, you're just like, oh man, we recorded that album that way. And why can't we ever do it like that? And you know, God is saying in Isaiah, behold, I am doing something new. Can you not see it? Uh, I just feel like God is doing a new thing and he's already doing a new thing. You know, every year we do an Easter service at all of our churches, but like we don't have to approach it with the same mindset of like, oh, it's just us remembering, you know, just doing the same thing over. We do three songs and a cool message. And then we all go out to eat like, you no, know, we can really approach Easter this year. We can approach uh, every service just with a new, fresh mindset of like, Lord, I believe you are doing something new. You know, the resurrection of the cross, that same power lives within me. And I believe um, that power will come through. Um, it will flow in me, out of me, into others who I reach into. God is doing a new thing. Yeah. There's a lot of Psalms too. They hit that idea of like sing a new song that yeah, Isaiah do a new thing. Like there's, there's something about doing new things, right? Like yeah. that it makes us uncomfortable and it sort of almost pushes us in the spot to, to be more receptive to like what God's doing in our lives and yeah. how he's moving in, in the world around us. Like totally. that's, yeah, that's something that uh, we even talked about writing a song about yeah. some of those things too. So right. yeah, 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 yeah. That's, no, you and that's I are awesome. huge in the song. Right we now. are. Yes. Love everything about the worship arts. We love mixing together and just gathering ideas. But I want to talk for a minute because I think there's people like you and me that love arts and that love music and love making things and being creative. Um, and we're kind of left-brainers, or I think it's right-brainers, I don't know what it is, but we're just so in, just enraptured when it comes to worship and the new album drops and we're so excited. But then we have this other group of people who are just as strong of believers as we are. But that's just not their strong suit. Not that they don't love worship, not that they don't love music, but again, they're not necessarily creative people like us. And that's not how God made them. And that's not where their interests are. And I feel as though, and I don't know if you you catch this as well, but there's like this gap between these two types of people that just love creativity and music and arts and people who don't. And those people who love creativity, they are seen as the worship leaders. They are seen as the people on stage and the, the true worshipers. And then um, those other people are kind of seen as just the audience and the congregation. And they don't, they're not even like considered like part of the, the worship or the service. What would you say to those people? What would you say to encourage them? Um, maybe just to really exhort them into uh, just a call to worship, um, even when if they're not on stage or if they're not up to date on all the newest worship stuff or they don't understand all the music. You know, what is your uh, word to them? First of all, I'm jealous because they probably read way more books than I do. Wow. And <laughs> seminary is killing me right now because I haven't read many books and yeah. now I'm I'm reading a ton. So, but no, I think people encounter God in different ways and worship. There's so many ways to, you know, worship God and glorify him. Probably the most common one that we, we at least know and associate the word worship to is, is music, right? I think worship music kind of really hits at this idea of heart. Um, there's so many times we see it again with scripture, like, David is in grief or he's just joyful or there's some there's kind of emotions that sort of drive us to sing worship through music. But there's ways to worship God with your soul, your mind and your strength, right? The actions you do with your strength, the um, the ways you grow and learn from reading scripture, like that's your mind right there, right? Your yeah. soul. And then all that stuff is going to overflow your from your soul. And just, mm -hmm. you know, there's so, so there's tons of ways to worship God and a uh, worship leader at the church I used to work at 
you gave a message on the idea of spiritual disciplines. Um, when you mentioned this question, I kind of think of that. There's different disciplines to worship and different disciplines to kind of grow in that walk with God. One of them is certainly music and certainly this idea of the you know the arts and kind of uh, hitting at that heart of how we how we encounter God through through those things and also just to corporate worship like that's so such a a beautiful thing to sing with other believers to our God it's it's amazing oftentimes like I think us I mean maybe just be me but maybe maybe it's all a lot of all us creatives right we kind of can forget about the forget to go in our Bible more often we'll forget to to read books of growth that uh, encourage us to continue and encounter God in that walk uh, in our daily lives like. Or two, we're just so focused on on music that we don't lean into the other parts of uh, our church, right? Yeah, we need to be we need I to be greeters. We need to be coffee. We need to be like giving coffee. We need to be doing work outside the church, not just doing music in worship ministry. But we're called to serve. Yeah, you know? we're yeah. called to serve and to to shepherd the flock. I mean, worship leader isn't actually even a term that actually exists, and I don't necessarily think we need to abolish it. But if we're going to be worship leaders, then we have to make sure that we are also uh, worship servants as well. Yeah, absolutely, and that's. That's kind of where I love to kind of point it and, and leave it is kind of this idea of there's so there's all these disciplines of, of worshiping God and glorifying him. And I think we all have areas where like we just need to lean into it and kind of that growth and that walk with God and just trust that. I'm not saying if you can't sing, like you got to learn your scales and, uh, you know, get that pitch right and figure out where your vocal range is. No, you don't need any of that. Like it's it's just it's your it's your heart and like get back to the heart. And when you're when you're serving people uh, out in the community, like love God with your uh, with your strength, right? And like do the actions you're doing. And when you're in the Bible, like love God with your mind and, and, and with your soul, like, uh, and just let the scriptures just, you know, breathe life uh, into you. I know at uh, my church, I, I'm all often on stage playing the drums there and I really enjoy it. Um, but I always try to push myself. I, I'm not doing this consistently, but I, I really want to push myself. Um, to help out after service uh, with some of the pipe and drape that the ushers are doing out there and some of the gray hairs that are serving in their own way. And I just personally believe that I don't deserve to be on the stage, you know, serving up there if I can't serve off the stage mm. when nobody's looking. And that's not necessarily like a, a works thing. And I don't necessarily do that just to try to get more attention from God or something. It, it's just a, a personal conviction. Like you said, like worship is is not just music. It's in our finances. It's in our love to the community. It's in how we serve people. Uh, it's in how we love our families and how we're doing well in our work and in just the things that God has called us to do. Yeah. It's not, you know, a 10 minute set on a, on a Sunday. It's, it's seven days a week, 24 hours a day, right? Absolutely. And all the little things that we do. So I, I love, yeah, I love what you said there with that. I just want to know, Carter, how do you uh, incorporate some private worship? How do you practice your worship uh, just on a spiritual level? And give us just some practical tips. Like, what do you do? Do you play music in the car? Do you take a friend out for coffee or something? Or like, what what do you do? The one that I find the most life-giving to me at the moment, like my, my private life, is actually just silence. Um, and meditating with God. I turn off the music. Sometimes we'll, I will maybe read a verse in the Bible before I, I jump into this time, or maybe I'll read a verse afterwards. But for the most part, it's me just sitting still, quiet, no sounds, just with God for as much time as I, I got in that moment. If I got 30 minutes, like, all right, let's make it 30. I might only have 15, but like, we're going to go for it. And sometimes I find myself, if I got time, like it'll end up going for a while. Wow. But just silence. It's a silence. Yeah. And it's amazing. And this is a form of prayer, just kind of like listening for God in particular. And uh, it's a hard one, especially in our culture today. It's 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 hard for me. It's not like I have this down and I mastered this. It's tough because we're used to just hearing things all the time and wanting to fill the space in conversations. And in um, we're used to just hearing things constantly. So to sit quiet is tough, but it's 
yeah, rewarding and filling to my walk like with my walk with God. So I've I've enjoyed that one a ton. But yeah, worship music in the car is a pretty common one for me. That one too, though, I find can be if I have music coming up and I'm listening to the songs I'm going to be playing in the weekend, like, and that's where people who aren't worship leaders or aren't musically inclined, that one might be one of their favorites, right? Yeah. Like I can just get the jam to worship music in my car. So funny enough, if you're actually not on a worship team or if you're not worship leading, then you don't have that problem. Yes. I, I struggle with yep. that too. Yep. So like in a way it, you're kind of in a better situation. Yeah. So the silence and solitude that you're describing is so good. And I feel like I want to start incorporating that. That would be so challenging for me not to look at my phone while I'm doing it. But I think that's so good for our souls because often in our lives, we just feel like silence is a bad thing. Like we have to fill the silence. If there's silence, we have to quickly fill it with music, with our voice. Like we can try it just right now here. Let's just take, let's just. This is super uncomfortable. Right? It is. You know, and something inside of us says wants to fill it, right? Like yeah. it's it's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why why is that? And why why do we want to kill all silence possible and just keep things moving and at a constant rate all the time? Like But it's in those moments that I feel like God really speaks yeah, to us. Yeah. That's that's what I've I've just noticed for me in my in my, my story and my, my past and also in my present. Those are the moments I feel the most calm at peace. Even when I've I've crazy tasks ahead for the rest of the day, like that moment with God, that can just bring all the energy and, and life I need to get through the rest of that, that week or that day. Carter, give us one final piece of advice. What's one thing that you wish you were able to say? I would say if you aren't weighing your coffee and using a scale to, to weigh your coffee and your water and you're not roasting light roast coffee, I mean, you just have to be doing those things. That's that, that's life essential. Wow. That's that's right below. That's like, a life of worship right there. Yeah, yeah that, that's like... That's, that's pretty high up on that list of yeah. things you need to be doing to be, uh, yeah. Dude, thank you so much for having me on the, on the show. I'm I'm so pumped for the work you guys are doing on this, and uh, I'm super excited to hear the rest of the, the season that's coming up here. So. Thank you, Carter. It's good to have you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube to keep up with all our upcoming episodes. If you enjoyed our conversation, be sure to share this with a friend or on your socials. We'll see you again for the next episode of Beyond the Surface.